This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 23rd of October. In your Squiz today, calls for more aid in Gaza, Albanese heads to Washington, making waves in Aussie swimming and putting Daniloquin on the map. This is your Squiz today. Israel is making its final preparations for a ground invasion on Gaza. And Claire, that means tanks and troops have massed on the border over the weekend. The Israel Defence Forces says it's upping the strikes on Gaza ahead of deepening its engagement. So they've reissued their warning to people in the north of the Palestinian territory to leave. But they haven't confirmed a specific timeline on when they're going to go in. What the IDF says is that their priority is to eliminate the terrorists and especially those involved in the massacre on Saturday two weeks ago. As those preparations are made, a group of United Nations agencies say that the conditions in Gaza are catastrophic. There are growing concerns that that territory will collapse under the weight of starvation, dehydration, disease and these escalating Israeli attacks. Some aid did get through on the weekend though. 20 trucks were allowed into Gaza on Saturday through Egypt's Rafah border crossing. That was the first aid to get through since the Israel-Hamas war erupted two weeks ago. So the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres says the shipment of food, water and medicine was welcome, but much more is needed. And just to give you a sense of things there, Gaza's size is 360 square kilometres, which is about the size of an Australian regional city. It's home, though, to 2.3 million people, and reports say that more than half of them have been displaced since the war broke out, but they're still in the territory because they can't get out. Gaza doesn't have electricity or water uh, Food, fuel and medicine shipments also haven't been getting through until those 20 trucks that you just mentioned, Alice. Uh, That's been the case since Israel announced its full siege of Gaza after that deadly Hamas attack on Israel a fortnight ago. And US President Joe Biden yesterday said that he's going to continue to push for more aid into Gaza. And he and other Western leaders, though, are standing by Israel and its right to defend itself. Arab leaders have a different view on that. They've condemned Israel's ongoing strikes on Gaza at a summit in Cairo on Saturday, and so have thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters over the weekend. In London, reports say 100,000 protesters turned out and 12,000 people turned out in Sydney. In Melbourne, there was a gathering yesterday in support of the hostages that were taken by Hamas from Israel. As we've just talked about, US President Joe Biden's heavily involved in what's happening in the Middle East. But he has another thing on his agenda this week, Claire. That's hosting our PM Anthony Albanese for a state visit. It'll make Albanese the third Aussie leader in about 20 years to get one of these bells and whistles state visits. (laughs) And they're a big deal. And this time it's come about as a bit of a consolation prize. That's because President Joe Biden had to cancel his trip to Sydney earlier this year. There was a lot going on in the political scene in the US at that point, and that's still the case. 
but Albanese is there for talks on the AUKUS security deal, also on what's happening in the Asia-Pacific region. It's not the only trip, though, that Albanese has on his mind. Yesterday, it was confirmed that he's off to Beijing from the 4th to the 7th of November. And as a warm-up for that trip, China's agreed to remove the tariffs on Aussie wine. Yeah, they were put on in 2020 when China was very cranky with us. And they've been devastating for our wine industry. For context, In 2020, our wine exports to China were worth $1.2 billion. Today, they're worth $8 million. Following a week of silence to consider the referendum result that saw 60% of Aussie voters vote no to a voice to parliament, Indigenous leaders have penned an open letter to the PM and they say they'll continue to fight to seek justice for our peoples. It's clear the group of leaders is very disappointed by the result. Mm. Uh, They say, and this is the quote, the truth is that the majority of Australians have committed a shameful act, whether knowingly or not, and there is nothing positive to be interpreted from it. And they point to the lack of bipartisan support as a big factor in the no result. We don't know who supports the letter because it's unsigned. And that's been raised because there was a bit said about some disagreement behind the scenes on what that final letter should say. And Nationals leader David Littleproud responded last night. He said, while I appreciate the disappointment by some Indigenous leaders for yes, this was a democratically determined outcome the country made. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Claire, Swimming Australia has saved itself from being expelled from the global governing body World Aquatics after a tense few months. The organisation has been under pressure to adopt a new constitution. Yeah, and that's because there's been some issues with the way the organisation was being run. What everyone acknowledged was there were problems with representation policies, also criticism that not enough consultation with athletes and coaches was happening. But all's well that ends well on Friday, <laughs> night there was a vote that got through and that new constitution is now in place and it's very lucky that it did because if it didn't there was going to be the prospect of Australia being expelled from the international swimming scene and that would have meant that at the Paris Olympics next year our swimmers wouldn't have been able to compete for Australia they would have had to have competed under a neutral flag. Yeah swimming is such a point of national pride at the Olympics so there would have been an uproar if that happened I cannot even imagine Claire. Yeah, exactly. Particularly when swimmers like Kaylee McEwen are on fire. Over the weekend, she set two world records for the 100 metre and 50 metre backstroke. She said, I just wanted to get out fast and see what I can do. What an absolute legend. Yeah, just see what she could do. Just break world records as you do. (laughs) Amazing. 
The New South Wales town of Daniloquin might be best known for its annual Denny Ute muster, but there's another feather to add to its cap, Claire. Yeah, so scientists reckon that it might be the site of the world's largest impact crater. Uh, That's not something that you find on your skin as a teenager from acne. (laughs) It's actually what they think is a big, big asteroid that crashed into Earth about 420 million years ago. They say that what they've found is under millions of years of sediment. The crater, they reckon, is about 520 kilometres in diameter. And if that's the case, they say that it probably caused an ice age and killed up to 85% of the species that was on Earth at the time. And to prove its origins, scientists will have to drill down and collect samples for testing. Geologist Tony Yates says it might shed light on the history of life on Earth. Little old Denny, hey? Yeah, just a little (laughs) town doing its best. Good on it. Squiz the day, Claire. What's on that we should know about today? Look, it's the final game of the Constellation Cup this afternoon. That's the international netball series that's between Australia and the Kiwis. We've won the first two games, but we lost the third. So we're going to be looking to win the final game that's in Auckland today. That's on at 2pm Eastern Daylight Saving Time. So a good mid-arvo thing to keep an eye out for for netball fans. That's all for us today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.